to The One Away Show, presented by BW Missions. I am Brian Wish, and I am your host, and thanks so much for being here. On this show, I sit down with compelling entrepreneurs, authors, and rising leaders to talk through their most transformative relationships, experiences, and epiphanies. Curated with entrepreneurial leaders in mind, we'll dig into these finite moments in people's lives and understand how they helped set their path forward. Shear Nier is an entrepreneurial CEO with over 20 years of experience in developing people and organizations. Through his company, The Handel Group, Shear works with leaders as a partner to open their eyes to things that they couldn't see by themselves. He does this by supporting them in designing their dreams, fulfilling their personal and professional objectives, enhancing their leadership and strategic thinking, and positively impacting their lives and their organizations. Shear has vast experience in working with CEOs and C-level executives in a variety of industries, including technology, energy, government, media, finance, real estate, manufacturing, retail, pharmaceuticals, and insurance. She is a result-oriented executive consultant that leads cultural transformations and projects that produce enhanced results and organizational alignment. Sheer, welcome to the One Away Show. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, it's a pleasure meeting you through one of our favorites, or at least one of my favorites, Jimmy. So... Tell us, what is the one-away moment that you want to share with us today? Okay, I'll tell you. The one-away moment that uh, I want to share today about is actually starting my own firm and failing miserably. Um, and in about in 19, in around 2000, I, uh, I was a managing partner in a small firm in New York, small consulting firm in New York. And uh, there was uh, a lot of lack of integrity in that firm. And I decided to leave the firm and start my own firm with uh, two partners. Um, the firm we started was a knowledge management company that we were consulting organization how to harness, harness and uh, take the knowledge that exists within the organization and make it available uh, throughout the organization so it could be utilized to increase um, performance. And we, uh, I was a master in, in, in selling that, those solutions. And I had a guy from IBM who was a master of the technology. And I have a guy from British Petroleum who was uh, implement that, that those solutions at uh, globally in British Petroleum and had a lot of uh, experience doing that. They were just those two people specifically were not good consultants and not good relationship people. And we started the firm. Uh, we had potential business that we were doing. And literally three months after the that we started the firm, the 9-11 uh, occurred. And basically, our biggest client at the time lost 350 people at the trade center. And... Uh, Obviously, the project ended that in, in that moment, and we could not continue with the project. And New York was just dead. You know, it was like you couldn't even, if you wanted, you couldn't even start any projects or work. I mean, New York was recuperating from the disaster. And uh, I started the company right before, and I moved from making like significant amount of money to making nothing because I had a company and I thought I could, we had enough work 
to do, but there was nothing. Mm. So push push a few of um, a year later, we're still working in the firm, and we brought in a huge account that was uh, working with the UN, United Nations Population Fund, and we got connected and to them, and they really wanted to create a, a knowledge sharing organization where they can do programs consistently across around the world. We found out in the work with them that they were reinventing the wheel in every country they were doing programs, which means it cost them a lot of money and it was inefficient. So we were hired to really like, I got a great contract to really help them create that, develop a team, develop the tools and then roll it throughout the world. Even got to a, uh, workshop that we led in Africa and with the United Population, United Nations Population Fund in Africa, only I did not go, my two partners went. And when the client returned from Africa, I was invited to his office and was told that we are fired. Mm. He said, you should have been there. Your partners, excuse my language, are assholes. And uh, I was devastated. It was like a, a seven figure contract. And it was it it was just a disaster. Sorry, a six-figure contract, not a seven-figure contract. It was a disaster. And I'm like, I don't know what to do now, right? And like I lost the big project that I had hoping that I was hoping that we would have and kind of get us to uh, where we wanted to do. And basically that led to personal bankruptcy almost for me. Um, because we couldn't recover from that. We gave our office in up our office in New York. I had to work, start working from home, and basically did away with the company and got myself to a place where I had to borrow money from my brother-in-law because I couldn't pay my bills. And I had a great house, so I had a good asset. But I was trying to sell the house and see if I can get out out of that and. My wife wasn't working at the time, so it was a complete disaster for me. Mm. Like, oh my God, my dream just crashed, right? Yeah. And, wow. and, you know, looking back at it, this was probably the best experience in my life, but it was not very fun when I was right in the middle of that, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, what I, I didn't know what to do, I... Uh, in a very nice house, like a dream house, uh, my wife calls it, in, in Western Connecticut on the river was a 1934 converted barn, which is what we always wanted. And uh, we had to sell it. We unfortunately did not take the first offer that was really the best offer and ended up selling it a year later for $150,000 less than the offer we got a year before. So here I am, but you know, I'm gonna pack my stuff, I'm gonna pack my kids, and we're gonna we move to Florida to be next to my wife's brother and his wife, because we were told at the time that we can buy the same size house for half the price in Florida. So, you know, I cleaned my debt out by selling the house, moved to Florida, um, built a house in Florida, and kind of start getting out of the Bad, like bad situation. I literally just sold my piece of the business to a management consulting firm 
and started to work for that management consulting for making, you know, $120,000 a year, which was like probably a third or a fourth of what I was making when I was uh, a managing partner in a consulting firm. But it got me back on my feet. I started learning other things that I've never done before and became really good at, at uh, the work we were doing as a management consulting firm. Not only that, I had my first year in the management consulting firm. I sold more than anyone else in the firm other than the owner. And uh, I was, he was very impressed with me and made me the head of, head of business development for the company uh, within, within less than a year of me joining the company. And I started a, a journey with, with him. Being in Florida gave me like a, little, like a real nice like opportunity to kind of pick myself up and rebuild myself. I got into Ironman triathlons. I got into a really great community of athletes. Living there was kind of like, for me, like a dream come true. And I never knew I loved to do Ironman. I never did that thing before. I was a successful uh, Ironman and and a triathlete, not professional, but uh, amateur. Made it to to half Ironman World Championship in the first year and kind of competed and was in the best shape of my life. Uh, I remember once I was going to a a cardiologist to just get tested and and he put me on this treadmill in a very, very high incline and I was running and he couldn't get my heart rate up because I was was ready for an Ironman. I was in great shape and they brought everybody from the office to look at me and like they couldn't believe that my heart rate doesn't go up at that level. And uh, so it was kind of fun being there. Um, at some point, my two sisters-in-law, my wife's sister who started Handel Group, which where I now am, and I'm the CEO of, uh, just said, okay, it's time for you to join us. And I, uh, I really like... Uh, I was successful. I got myself back on my feet. Uh, I had I had some money in the bank, and they said, "But you need to come back to New York." And I'm like, "Really? <laughs> I love it here." My wife didn't, so that helped. And basically, it led me to join them, creating my dreams, join them, understanding what my dreams are, and got joining Hendale Group uh, to really like come and build my own firm, which is the dream I failed in you know, in the, in the company before. And currently uh, with my wife's two sisters and our, our team of 50 full-time employees and 30 part-time employees, we have a real solid company that changes people's lives and changes companies and really makes a huge difference in the world. And I really, although in the second iteration, got to leave my dream and got to really make the difference I wanted to make. And I still use that that bankruptcy and that not setting my company right in the beginning and like like not even like creating in the right way. When I coach CEOs of company, when I coach entrepreneurs, I take away from that experience and living like that and uh and and coach and 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 teach others. Wow. What a journey for you. It started with peril and um, such devastation, pursuing something, taking a risk. And then the, the crisis, or I'm sorry, the um, <laughs> it's a financial crisis and then 9-11, which completely, you know, 
like yourself and so many others just shut down so many businesses and the resilience to fight through emotionally and functionally and just keep on finding the, the way when maybe there wasn't a lot of hope um, is, is truly a testament to who you are and I mean, just the character you have inside. So thank you for giving us the, the full picture here. The question I, I was thinking about as you were talking is you, you clearly uh, have this uh, knack for selling or, or, or sharing and casting a vision and getting other people to say, yes, I want to be a part of that. Um, maybe as you look back uh, even further on, let's just say childhood or high school, or were there any formative experiences during those times that you remember and saying, you know, you know, the guy mowing the lawn, selling the, you know, the thing, but what were, how were you raised in a way that maybe brought that out of you? Um, does anything come to mind? In general? Yes. Uh, not specific moment where I kind of got it, but maybe later on there was moment that I got it. I grew up in a kibbutz in Israel. It's a farming community. And I, uh, always was a good worker. I was always a very dedicated worker. I did a lot of different things and I always got very high accommodation for the work I was doing, you know, as a kibbutz and a kid who goes, grows in the kibbutz. I have, I went to school full time, but I also uh, worked at the fields a couple of days a week. Uh, we, we, we do that. And I learned a lot, of, a lot to uh, a, lot, a, a lot of the trade of working in the fields and growing crops and irrigating crops. And I was really like just learning and, and creating. And then uh, a year when I, after I graduated high school, I went, I went to uh, serve the country before I went to the army in Israel. You can, you have to go to the army. It's mandatory, but I postponed the army by a year and I went to help a uh, young settlement that was uh, built and needed some support and help. And then in the middle of me being there, we Israel got into a war in with Lebanon in Lebanon and uh, all the men from that kibbutz were taken to serve the army as reserves. And here I am with some of my friends and we are, you know, basically are possibly the only people in, in, in the kibbutz that all the men in the kibbutz are not gone. So I took over uh, at the time we were bringing that, that, that kibbutz back from the Sinai desert because there was a peace agreement with Egypt to the original uh, Israel territory. And we needed to really like, Cre like create the foundation for all the irrigation in the fields. And mm. nobody knew how to do that. And because I was worked in the irrigation in, 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 when I was a kid, I knew something about it. I, again, I knew nothing, never ran it. I never, but I took it on and I basically made it up. I just got, I got it done. I got it done because there was nobody else was getting it done. And I took it on and, worked like literally from four o'clock in the morning to eight o'clock in the evening every day just to get things done and just to get the 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 foundation mm -hmm. developed and made it happen and and in in my my life i have other opportune other uh examples like that when i just took something on and 
magically happen, right? Like, boom, it happened. I got the result. So I think that was a moment that got got me to really, other than growing that every, with the theory that everything is possible if you want it, like if you put your mind to it, you can make it happen. That my parents always instilled in me. Um, I have the experience of like, I'm going to get the done and just getting it done. And yeah. yeah, so that's, that's a moment that led me to that. Totally. It's, it's like growing up in that environment was very foundational to your way of being, which showed you or gave you opportunities to take things on and then kind of succeed at them. I mean, just another question for you seems like when you when you really want something you're you're the kind of person who's going to go out and make it happen no, at, no matter what the cost is have you found through the course of your life that's a a strength and a weakness a strength being in the you know you're action oriented and like things are going to get done but also a weakness maybe the the tunnel in which you operate within it it becomes a little it's so laser focused that the awareness to things around you or, or do you, how, how does that skill set play out in your life? I'm just curious. Great question. I think, I think these days it doesn't because I am trained in a, in our method and it, I'm a lot more aware and a lot more conscious about uh, how I should be and what actually leads to success. And we can talk a lot more about that. In the original days, probably yes, but I want to tell you a little story. So I told you when I was in Florida, I was uh, I was an Ironman and and a triathlete, and I was really like, I'm gonna I'm gonna be good. I'm gonna I like this. I'm gonna be good. I'm gonna train myself. So to make it, for instance, for uh, for World Championship, I tied myself to a couple that was friends of mine, and they were both world class amateur triathlete and I said if I train with these people I know I'm going to make it so I I said whatever you do I do whatever you however you train I train there was no notes I'm like I don't care and made it right I just qualified because I did that um but at the same same time I was getting trained in the Handel method and my uh my uh, sisters-in-law asked me to work with me on what we call uh, my traits and my traits are traits are hardwired they come from your parents and from your lineage and they're like or, the original programming you show up into the world with that with those traits already programmed into how you behave you have no choice about it then the key is to understand your trait because if you understand your trait you can put integrity in to not let that trait hurt you but only enable you. Traits are context sensitive, so they both work for you and against you. Depends on the context, right? So I was uh, interv- I was working with them, and they said, "Okay, how much do you think your family feels your love?" And I'm like, "Oh, that's easy. I'm like seven out of ten, at least, right? They give they give them everything they want. They have great life. I, you know." So they said, really, that's what you think? And I think, yeah, easy. And I, they said, you know what, let's go, let's do a test, right? And I said, okay, let's do a test. And I said, why don't you go and interview your family? And my daughter was six, my son was 10, and my wife. 
And I said, okay, what do I ask? And I said, well, first of all, you, 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 you're telling them you're working on yourself and you need to know the truth. You don't want, you don't want it sugarcoated. You really want how they feel about this question you're going to ask. I said, okay. And then you ask him a very simple question, right? How much of my life you actually feel? Not know, feel every day. And I went and I asked my 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 daughter, my son, and my my wife. So my daughter gave me six out of ten. Okay, now six is not good, right? Anywhere anywhere if above eight is okay. Six is already not good. I'm the, if my daughter doesn't feel my love, that's not great, right? The the my my, my son and my wife both gave me a two. A two out of ten. And my son even said, Dad, I know you love me. You give me everything I want. There's nothing I don't have. But do I feel your love? No. Right? I don't feel loved by you. I am loved by you, but I don't feel loved by you. And that was kind of another moment that like changed my life because I went to work with it. So and my son and I really did a, uh, we had an agreement. And in Handel Grab, what we do to evolve an area that you're not working for you in your life or a trade is you make promises and consequences. So what do we do? I did is I said, okay, and I, you know, I said, okay, obviously I don't know what I'm doing with my 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 uh, son, right? So for me to actually imagine what it would take for him to feel my love is crazy. So what do I do? Well, I go and ask. And I said, and we're in that conversation. We said, okay, listen, obviously I'm a moron at that. And I don't know what it takes for you to feel my love. And I need your help. And he said, sure. And he said, I said, okay, I want to be an eight or above for you every week. So I'm going to ask you how I did every week. And he said, sure. And I said, okay, what do I need to do for you to actually feel my love? And he said, Dad, Dad, that's easy. You know, when I come back from school and you're home, give me a hug, ask me how my day was. I don't want to tell you, but you asking would be great. When, when I do something bad, don't yell at me. Because when you yell at me, I just want to say F you to you. Uh, you can say something and yelling doesn't work. I said, deal. He said, you know what? On the weekend, I know you train hard, but when, after you come back from 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 training, I want you to one day a week on a weekend. I want you to take me out without Sophie, my daughter, because when she comes with us, she takes all your attention. She's little, you protect her, and I don't get your time. I said deal, and you know, take me for a run with you once a week, and tell me take me to the gym with you once a week. I said deal. Anything else? He said, no, if you do that every every week, I think I'm I think you got it. I said, good. So I said, I'll come to you every Friday so I know where I am. So I have two days to fix it if I'm not doing well. And here it is. And this is a crazy. I said, if I don't, if I'm not an eight or above for you every week, I cannot clean my bike for a week. Now. People would think this was crazy. What, who cares about cleaning your bike? I did. Every time I rode, and I rode about 200 miles a week, I would clean my bike until it shined completely. The, 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 the chain, the bike was the cleanest bike on, on the field. 
And if I couldn't clean my bike, it would drive me crazy. Right. So one week I didn't make it. He gave me a seven and a half and I couldn't clean it for a week. And that was the last time I didn't make it. And that, that altered the relationship that I have with my, with my son. Holy crap. Uh, wow. Uh, thank you for sharing such an, an intimate moment. Uh, I mean, to have your family, your parents want is their kids to be happy. And the fact that your, your kid, your son gave you a two, uh, I'm sure was super painful and obviously clearly made you reassess how you were showing up as a father and maybe become more conscious to how you were showing up presently in his life. How, uh, how old, how many years ago was that? My son is 25 now. So 15 years ago. And if you asked him the same question today, what would he say? Completely different. And there was a moment, there's a moment we moved from, 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 uh, Florida back to New York. And I was feeling that our relationship was kind of took a, a, a dive and I took him, I was taking, he was 14 years old, 15 years old at that time. And I was taking him to a play date. And then, um, on the way back, I said, listen, I, I need to have a conversation with you. And he said, sure. And I said, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure it's something that I did. And I'm sure that that I deserve it, but lately you've been a dick to me. And in these words, and he says, he says, you're right. And I said, what did I do? Can I clean it up? He said, actually, you didn't do anything. It's all me. And I apologize. And we got back into the great relationship we had. So it gives you the opportunity to kind of have real conversations and to yeah. work on the relationship as they go up and down. And yeah. so the same trait that gets me to be very successful got me to be unsuccessful with originally with the relationships. Yeah. Well said. Um, well, very, very interesting. Uh, and not, and not surprising, uh, but I can completely see that dynamic. And, but also the fact that you had the uh, work ethic clearly and everything else that you've done, you just applying it to the home uh have seen the tremendous feed uh, results of that. So let me, then let me ask you about, you know, your dream was always, you said to build a successful business and you, and you watched that fall out the window, you know, right from, you know, right in front of your eyes and you recovered obviously, but to take your next shot, I relate a lot with you in this where it's like the first business I had failed and it was crushing, although it was meaningful. But the second one, I was like, I got to get it right. So my question to you is when you had this opportunity before you maybe knew what, if knowing what you know now, but without that information, what, what made you say to yourself, this might be a really good road for me to go down. This might be a good next step that is very aligned and, and can fulfill that dream I have. Like what, what did you make that base that decision off of then the first time uh with handel group oh with handel well um at some point when i was working for the management consulting firm um i started to get coaching by my two sisters-in-law but with handel method and they had me uh do something very simple that we have everybody does which is which is connect to your dreams in every aspect of your life. And the first time they asked me that question, 
they it was i know what i know my dream my dream is to make more money work less and train more that's it and they said you are lame and i said i know <laughs> i said you know i don't know i don't know my dreams so i spent weeks like looking at my life looking at my relationship with my my family looking at my dream career looking at the money looking at the community i want to create looking at my entire the entirety of my life and asking myself the question what would make me happy what kind of life would make me happy and i found several things that were a critical component in for me in my life one was i needed to own to be a part owner of a business i cannot i i i usually am the top performer in any business i went to and at some point i get to resent other people because i'm performing at a higher level and i don't i don't get like a part of the success because somebody else owns the company and for me that doesn't work i need to i if i be, i'm building it i want a piece of it right and i build every business i was in and i create new stuff and so i was really clear that if i don't own a business if i am not one of the owners i don't need to be the owner or the only owner but i need to be an owner i need to benefit from the fruit of my labor and uh, not just by commissions or stuff like that but really from and i wanted to lead i wanted to lead a company somewhere and i wanted to be able to create things that i know would make make a huge difference for other people and if i work with other people i couldn't for other people i couldn't do it so at some point i was like okay i'm clear that i need to be one of the owners i cannot work for an owner and if i do every time it will blow up because i would not be happy so i actually the first thing i did is i went to the company i was working for and i said okay i need to be an owner can i be an owner and the answer was no and i said good i'm leaving literally that was the the entire the entire conversation and they said what and i said i'm leaving and they say why and i said i asked you if i can get ownership you said no no way you're going to be a partner in this company i need to be a partner in any company i'm working with bye and they were completely surprised and i left and and knowing knowing what your dreams are and knowing what's important for you as a human being and what where your integrity lies and how you want your life to be gives you complete power and it's not bad power it's just complete power in causing what you want right if you don't know where you're going you'll never get there but if you are clear about where you're going you're always going to have a much better chance of getting there I hope it answered your question. No, I, absolutely. I mean, you took the time. Well, one, you had experience. You knew deep down you always wanted to be an owner or be a part of something bigger. Didn't didn't work out for you when you did it on your own the first time. And then, you know, when you asked for it, you know, from someone else, they said no. So, you know, that was, seemed like it was always driving you. So the hard work behind everything you put into something was reciprocated uh, because you saw something more for yourself. So absolutely. Right. So yeah. perhaps when this opportunity with Handel came up, you said, wow, this, 
not only will it make my life better, make other people's lives better. And, you know, there's upside for me in, in the uh, end result. So uh, it, it makes a lot of sense uh, to me on, on what made you maybe push forth and, and go forward on, on what excited you the most. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Another question that I have is, you know, obviously when you started doing with Handel group, um, you know, transform some things at home, but what, what are things that by working, building, growing this business, where are other areas that you have seen your own life perhaps transform? And on the flip side of that question, where, where do you believe you make the most impact with maybe the clients that I know that you work with or the team members internally? Those, those, uh, I'll, you mind if I answer them in two separate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I threw a lot at you. So Phil, okay. whatever comes to you first. So one of the moments that I had in Handel Group, in Handel Group that also changed my life and then got me to a whole different level of uh, another one, but because I have many, going to Burning Man is one of them. But, um, <laughs> but um, the one, the one that I want to talk about is, uh, at some point, I uh, I was working with an advertising company, uh, and I was uh, meeting with them in, in the morning and then driving home in the afternoon. I got a call from my partner, and she said, what did you do? And I said, what? And then she said, what did you do? And I said, I don't understand the question. She said, I got a call from the client that, that you offended them. And I'm like, I did what? And they said, you offended them. And I did not know what she's talking about. Like I had a fun conversation with the client. Um, don't know what, what she was talking about. Um, and apparently the way I said whatever I said came across offensive to her mm-hmm. and she got hurt. Wow. And I was completely, completely blind to that. Right. And I ended up resolving it with her. Like I called her and I said, I apologize. I'm completely blind to this. I did not know. I would never do it. I would never say that again. If I ever say that again, I owe you money right there, right, right at the moment, if I ever. And she forgave me. And she said, don't worry about it. It was not a big deal. But that moment, I actually realized that um, I'm an asshole sometimes. And... I am not in control of that. And I am aggressive and not loving and caring with people, even if I think I am. And I, I, made, a, I made a decision in that moment to never be like this and put structure into my life. And every time since then, I know that when you're loving and caring, your results skyrocket. And when you're pushy and 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 aggressive they don't and most of us don't understand that because we think we need to be aggressive we need to do what we need to do we need to push hard we need but it's completely the opposite mm-hmm. when you're vulnerable when you're caring when you're loving you get completely everything you want and when you're not well sometimes you do and sometimes you don't depends who you're dealing with <laughs> and and it, life is better when you're not, right? So that was a, a really uh, the, another kind of like moment and that, that shifted who I am completely 
and and uh-huh. my complete operating system and how I think about interacting with human beings, which I teach that to everyone, because totally. I don't think that everybody's get is thrown to be that in their lives. We all all try to survive and protect ourselves instead of let let be open and transparent and and intimate and 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 let 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 the world take over yeah so yeah i mean not to everything you just said and not to be too woo wooey but uh i mean if we're energy beings like your your way you're handling situations and you're putting things out into the world it's going to have an impact on other people an impact on the people around around them and you add that up over time right you can be responsible i think in this world for a lot of good yeah you know or a lot of pain and uh seems like you made a conscious decision to just think about not that you were maybe aware of how you were coming across but the fact that you know I need to change how I show up in these conversations. And because and, I, I maybe didn't realize the impact that I was having on other people. So I mean, clearly a great deal of self-awareness um, on your, on your part. So. Yeah. So the answer your second question, if you, if yeah, you don't mind. Absolutely. One of the things that I teach people and I, and I, um, that makes the biggest difference in the work that I do, whether it's, teams or whether it's organizations or whether it's individual is that your as an individual team or organization you have an operating system and the operating system is completely accountable for all the results you own you produce that operating system is your integrity your structures that allow you to do what you do and produce the results you produce and that never lies your results are always consistent with your integrity and as human being, you are completely unaware of your integrity. Your integrity exists in three domains, physical, what you physicality of you and how you speak and what you say uh, and what you do and the actions you take. It exists emotionally, which is kind of how you relate to people, how you feel about people, even if you don't understand that, and how you connect and all the relationships you have. And spiritually, spiritually is two things. One is the way you think about everything and literally what you believe and all your theories about life and how it works that shows up into complete integrity or complete personal integrity, which is really what you said before. It's it's the energy you show up in. And most people don't get that people have energy or teams have energy, organization have energy. And that energy is a combination of the physical, emotional, and spiritual structures that we create around ourselves. So for instance, if you if your leg hurts, it will impact your energy. Your energy is not going to be as relaxed and fun if you are just fought with your best friend, then you're going to bring that into every conversation and everything that you're doing and that would impact your efficiency, will impact your how you connect and how you talk to people, even in a little bit. And although people don't really distinguish what, 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 what they feel, they feel it. So if you're 100% in physical integrity, 100% in emotional integrity, and 100% 
aligned with your thinking, creating, and believing, your results are going to skyrocket. Skyrocket, right? And I work with people to get them to consistently bring them to those moments. And I, I have clients that in the last year have tripled, they got triple promotion or double promotion because of who they were and how they showed up and the result that Sharp produced, not by working hard, but really by being different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and but for you, giving your own path of coming, you know, changing your own operating system, seeing other people do it in the way you've described and the results that speak thereafter has to be extremely gratifying, you yeah. know, for, for, for you. And you can speak that language because you've done it yourself. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Very, very neat. Um, let me ask you one of these questions. What, you know, when you look at the end of your life or someone talking at the funeral, you know, what, what is someone saying about you when it's all set and done? What, what do you want to, how do you want to be remembered? Uh, I want to remember as somebody who uh, enables people's dreams come true. That's it. We have a lot of, a lot of commonalities here uh, between you and I. Um, and what, let me ask on that notion of dreams, what, dreams do you perhaps have left in in your own life that you haven't achieved you know i want i want the company to uh grow beyond what what it is today and and uh enable my life moving forward you know to the next level and my partners and my family um i want to eventually leave in costa leave in costa rica which is on on on, on my way right now um to happen and working on it. Um, I want to actually create things or, and I'm in the process of creating things that are going to change the world um, with, with my clients and with the people that I support. And they all are creating things that are changing the world anywhere from uh, quantum computing to a new operating system that will make, people's life easier to write people believe and understanding their own power um, and harnessing their own power and, and knowing that that's going to make the difference to, and, and finally I want my kids to have an awesome life. Uh, I want them to, they're both good kids and they're both uh, smart and capable. And I want them to have an awesome life to find their partners and to uh, have and be happy and have great families. So these are my dreams. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing everything that you have with us today. It has been a true joy. Uh, Thank you. And the stories about family and work and your own journey uh, really are touching. So thank you for everything that, you know, how you showed up. Uh, What, it, where, if um, I was asked, where is the best place for people to reach out to you or find your company or you know work with you or all the things? Um, excellent question. Uh, we have uh, handelgroup.com. That's our website. And um, we are uh, available over there. I am also on LinkedIn. I, uh, I'm available on Facebook, but nobody uses Facebook anymore. But mostly LinkedIn. 
Um, my people can email me at cheer at Hendale, S-H-I-R at HendaleGroup.com um, or get to the website and find my email there or get to LinkedIn and find my email there. Those are the easiest way to get to me. Um, we have a lot of different type of offerings to offer people anyway from a digital platform that people can do on themselves with, with not a lot, that doesn't cost a lot of money for people to do this deep work that we're doing all the way to uh, hiring uh, a coach and me or my partners or other people that we have working for us. Uh, we all are trained in our method completely. Nobody, nobody in all of our coaches coaches anyone until they go through every aspect of our coaching in their personal life. They all do everything that they ask their clients to do. Wow. So we, um, and we will love, we love to help. We love to have companies. We teach in schools, we school, uh, high school, middle school, lower level schools, universities, uh, special programs. We have a not-for-profit organization that we built this year uh, to, uh, to work with educational programs. And so please come join us. We do uh, Instagram live. I do twice a week. So you can follow me and, and on Instagram and see my Instagram lives on Handel Group Instagram. So there's a lot of ways to get to me. Awesome. Well, we'll have to send them your way. Uh, thanks for sharing your message with us today. What a, what a treat it was. And uh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Sounds good. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, I hope you leave a review on the platform of your choice and share it with a friend who you think would find it valuable. If you'd like to receive our written newsletter and thought leadership, head on over to bwmissions.com backslash newsletter and subscribe. See you on the next show.